Welcome back to another episode of New Creation Woman Podcast, where we chat all things beautiful and ugly through the faithful and restorative lens of Jesus Christ. Today, we are going to be talking about the concept of anointing. So like, what is it to be anointed? Can you misuse the term? Um, is it transferable? Are anointings transferable? And of course, you know, you can count on me for some historical word studies. Uh, yeah, so I brought this topic up to my mom because um, I was actually called to give a speech on yoga and like false lights. And afterwards, she wrote me this beautiful compliment and she was like, you have the anointing um, and the power of the word. And I was like, I have an anointing? <laughs> and coming from you, it was even more special. So thank you. Well, thank you. You know, anytime I'm asked to speak, I always pray and ask for God's anointing because I don't want it to be me speaking. I want to speak the words that he wants me to speak. And, and really it's the Holy Spirit that does, empowers us and gives us the anointing. And there's anointing is in the Bible. There's um, people anoint with oil. They even sell anointing oil, but you can make your own. We talked about that. Actually, we're going to throw in that little DIY um, (laughs) anointing oil. But yeah, so actually I was looking up where it first originated. And I think it's it's not scriptural, but it's historical that shepherds like way back in ancient times used to use it on the forehead of sheep because sheep would be prone to lice and other types of like pests in their fur. Right. They've got Mm -hmm. this thick. Imagine back then, too, they didn't have like a wool brush, you know, (laughs) and so they would put it on there and, and also in the in the sheep's ears. Right. And it would help to like make insects crawl or that would crawl in there slip right off. Wow. Yeah. So it was actually like a anointing that kept them from getting pests. <laughs> so is that why people anoint the head? <laughs> well, um, yeah, maybe <laughs> Exodus 29, seven says, and you shall take the anointing oil, pour it on his head and anoint him. And so the very first um, scripture for anointing was actually a recipe that we've talked about mm-hmm. that you use for our church, more or less, yes. um, that the anointing oil was given directly from um, God to Moses. And that happens in Exodus 22. Uh, no, I'm sorry, in Exodus, but verses 22 through 33. I won't read that whole thing. I just think it's it's really interesting to know that God made a recipe the same way that he was so strategic about the measurements of the ark, you know, Mm -hmm. for Noah. Noah didn't have to guess, he had to follow the directions. Um, And when we look at that recipe today, it had myrrh, it had cinnamon, it had this really exotic thing called calamus, which is hard to find now. Um, It had cassia, it had olive oil. Mm -hmm. So uh, for me, 500 shekels of myrrh is like 12 pounds. So when God gave this recipe to Moses, if you try to follow verbatim, you're going to end up with like a bathtub full uh, because it was for, you know, the entire tribe. So um, obviously when we do give the DIY, it will be broken down to something usable for your Mm -hmm. your home. Um, But yeah, like when I asked if it could be a misused term, it's because sometimes you're going to hear like a pastor or something say, oh, the anointing is strong in here today. And it's like, what does that mean? Like is anointing ever not strong, right? Mm. Um, Or I can feel the anointing in this place. And I've been in presences where I can feel an increase of the Holy Spirit. Yes, I believe that's what they're talking about Mm -hmm. um, because we can talk about, so Old Testament anointing was the father and his direction to his people through 
foil and it was reserved mostly for either like special dinner guests they would tell to anoint kings got anointed priests were anointed the levites right mm -hmm. so we see it a lot in leviticus but it was to set someone apart consecrate we hear that word often right mm -hmm. unto god either in service like a king or in service like a priest but it was to do the work essentially of god right. and that's what that anointing was but new testament it transfers to us through jesus yes you no longer need to go through the rites and the rituals we know that the new covenant absolved not absolved but fulfilled all of those things mm -hmm. so a lot of people that aren't as charismatic as some bodies in the, in the Christian church say, I wonder like, do you even need to do this? Is this more like woo woo now? Like when you go and you anoint your house, say, which I do. Mm -hmm. um, and I have some Bible verses for that because it does say that it is a, an act of protection. It can be used for healing as well. Um, again, the power is not in the oil. That's you right. Know. Nope. A lot of people might get that confused. Yeah. They think that they have to buy a specific oil from the Holy Land or that a specific priest, they have to pay for it to be blessed. And that is an absolute falsity. The power comes from Christ alone mm -hmm. today, new Amen. covenant. Amen. Yeah. So I think it's a really beautiful gesture though. Mm -hmm. Well, it's in, you know, the old covenant and in the new covenant. And I love like when it, something is in the new covenant and it refers back to, because I'm going to jump to the new covenant in Luke 4, um, verse 14. It said, then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Soon he became well known throughout the surrounding communities. And when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll containing the messages of Isaiah, the prophet was handed to him and he unrolled the scroll to the place where it says, and he chose this place. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has appointed me to preach the good news. In another translation, it says anointed. Sometimes yeah. they use anointed, sometimes appointed. He has set me to proclaim the captives will be released. The blind will see the downtrodden will be freed from their oppressors that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And where that first, you know, that's in Luke, they're telling the story about Jesus. But in Isaiah, <clears throat> which is where it came from. That all came from Isaiah chapter 21, which in the subtitle in, in my book says the good news <laughs> for the oppressed. And um, here, you know, it, it's really talking about Israel because this was Isaiah's prayer for Israel. Mm -hmm. um, and in Isaiah 62, it says, because I love Zion, because my heart yearns for Jerusalem, I cannot remain silent. I will not stop praying for her until her righteousness shines like the dawn and her salvation burns like a burning torch. I mean, I don't know when this is going to come out, but I have a feeling the war is going to be ongoing. And mm. th the war recently broke out in Israel, horrible massacres, people were massacred. But Isaiah 61, and I sent this to my friend in Israel today, because I have a friend in Israel. I have, we have family. Our, our son, my son-in-law's brothers are fighting, and, and their, their girlfriends. The spirit of the, this is Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, because the Lord has appointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to announce the captives will be released and the prisoners freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning, praise instead of despair. 
For the Lord has planted them like strong and graceful oaks for his own glory. And they will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing the cities that were destroyed. You know, that word is, God's word is timeless. It it was for back then, and I believe it's for today too. I sent that to my friend to try to bring a word of encouragement. I can't imagine. They go to their stores and there's there's no food on the shelves. Yeah. Like we have. Well, I think again, because the topic is anointing, when we fall out of that, can you? Because, you know, there are people that think that once you've been saved, you're always saved. Or, um, you know, does mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit leave when you grieve him? And there are several Bible verses that say that he indeed does depart because David even cried out in the Psalms, do not let your spirit mm-hmm. withdraw from me. Like, yes. do not hide me from your presence. Well, then if you can't be, why would he be crying out like that if it couldn't happen? And so when we walk out of the anointing, it means that we grieve the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is what gives us the anointing yes, today yes. in the new covenant. That's right. And so I think if anything right now, we need to be praying for the anointing to come down like the dove on those people yes. and that Messiah Yeshua HaMashiach (laughs) reveals himself. And here's where my word study comes in. So you know Yeshua is Jesus' Hebrew name, right? HaMashiach means Messiah. But catch this. Mashach is the Hebrew word that's used in the Old Testament for anoint. Mashach, like M-A-S-H-A-C-H. And out of Strong's Concordance, it's the act. That's the verb, to smear or to anoint. But Mashiach is the noun. Of anointed. Mm. So that is the anointed one. So Mashach verb Mashiach, the noun. So yeah. Yeshua HaMashiach is the noun of the anointed Messiah, our Savior. You I know? wondered why you wore that shirt. Yeah, I, did. I made this one. I love that. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, I find that really interesting because I love my word studies. Mm-hmm. Now the Greek, because we do have anointing in the New Testament too, it didn't fall away, you know. Yeah. Um, it comes from two Greek words. And it means, okay, the first one is krio, or I probably butchered that, krio, which means to smear rub oil. So similar to mashak, how it was the verb. Mm-hmm. And then alefo, which is to anoint. So it's two verbs, right? Um, again, always smearing, rubbing, anointing. It's an act, right? And right. sometimes we passively expect the Holy Spirit to just go do things for us like war. But remember, that's not necessarily one of Holy Spirit's characteristics. It might be one of Yahweh's. He is the God of vengeance, right? Mm -hmm. But his spirit has a sweet presence, right? So we don't necessarily, I've never heard a Christian be like, Holy Spirit, go to war for me. You put on the armor of God, right? Right. You pray for judgment sometimes. You Mm -hmm. pray for justice. Mm -hmm. I mean, the God of Israel shows up in crazy ways all throughout the Old Testament that don't look like peace, but the Holy Spirit was what Jesus left us as the helper. And that's to intercede and bring in that really graceful mm-hmm. anointing, yes. right? And without him, we don't have an anointing. Right. And so some people debate, are you automatically anointed at salvation or does it have to come with the infilling of the Holy Spirit? And that goes down to, do you really need to be baptized or does it, can it happen? You know, and we could debate that all day long, but I think that it's undoubt. If you are doubting whether or not you have Holy Spirit, you probably don't have Holy Spirit because it is like a, you know, you know when you have that. Now, not always as on fire. We have temperatures in the body. Mm -hmm. I mean, talks about it in Revelation. I was just doing this for Deep Calls of Deep University today. Um, You know, hot, 
cold, lukewarm. But that also reflects how much I believe, like we are operating in the anointing of Holy Spirit. It can feel cold sometimes. Yeah. When well, we've David cried out, "Take not your Holy Spirit from me." Right. And well, because he was walking some different sideways, well, and you know, I yeah. mean, the Holy Spirit, he's he can be grieved. And we grieve him by actions that we do or do not do, that mm -hmm. we neglect to do. And you. so when there's disobedience, you know, there are consequences. There's forgiveness on the other side of that when we repent. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that we don't get the consequences of it. And so sometimes it's really hard to watch, especially if it's loved ones, especially if it's an entire nation of innocent children. Oh I mean, don't get me started. But again, focusing on anointing as a power that we have been given with authority mm -hmm. through Christ when he raised. Amen. So, you know, if we, if we focus more on this type of stuff, we wouldn't spend so much time like coming up with, I don't know what it is, but almost harmless knowledge, conspiracy theories, things like that, where what can you do today? You have the power of prayer. That's like right. You have the power to engage in the spiritual yes. warfare. And this is no coincidence, a holy war that's been waged. Mm -hmm. So that means that we are fighting against what? Yeah. Not flesh, but right, of yeah, the spirit of the air, the powers of darkness. Yeah. And so we know that we can combat that in the spirit. Amen. And um, 2 Corinthians 1, 21 through 22 says, and it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and he has anointed us and who has also put his seal on us and has given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So that's that seal, right? Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful because it says guarantee, right? So as long as we are in it, and he is in us, it's a guarantee. I love that. <laughs> but we can walk outside of it. Wow. Some people walk totally away. Mm -hmm. You know, they go cold. Some denounce their faith. So that's why I say, I don't know about saved, always saved, because if you actually denounce your faith, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. Um, but you shouldn't live in fear that you're not saved, you know? And don't live, because some people do, they really are, they're scared. They're like, oh my gosh, did I lose my salvation? If you're even asking that question, you probably, probably you have not. <laughs> yeah. Same thing about grieving the Holy Spirit. Right. Like, oh, I think I've, I committed the one unforgivable sin. Um, if you're even thinking that way, you probably, probably have not. Probably not. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There are people operating in satanic temples that are actually cursing the name of the Lord and the Spirit and that, Probably that, is. Yeah, that's a little scary. Because they know what they're doing. Yeah. You can't accidentally really commit that. No. No, especially if you love God. Right. It's sad, though, because there's a lot of people walking in fear, so I wanted to kind of get that, well, thank that you. out. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's really interesting to go from, from the Old and New Testament as well. Like, mm -hmm. there is a healing verse in James. So, like, when I was studying anointing, I'm like, what else can it do? You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> again, it's not it. It is Jesus. So let me say, what Spirit. else can Holy Spirit Holy do? Spirit, um, and yeah. we know, we know that it's infinite, the mm -hmm. power of God. But in anointing, specifically, we see in James 5.14, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And I have gone up for altar call when they mm -hmm. do the and you know you do feel a presence and I believe that the Lord honors your heart posture and so again anointing is not for us to walk into gifts that will bring us our own desire and will right mm -hmm. like I don't believe you can go get anointed for a Maserati but <laughs> I you know but I do believe that anointing is there to m multiply in abundance the good works that you are willing to do according to God's purpose and will for your life because that's how he uses us as his vessels on earth. Mm -hmm. um, so anointing can be, I think, misused or abused, you yeah, know? I, I agree.
Well, a lot of things in the body, sometimes people misuse them. But, you know, we, uh, that's one thing about, you know, having the fear of the Lord. And, yeah. um, but I believe that the anointing is a gift and that you can ask for it. You know, it, it, you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. You ask for it. You have to want it. Um, and I do believe you could lose it, too. And when, when you asked, well, we were just throwing around this topic, so I looked on the Bible app, and something came up about the, the Hannah anointing. I'd never heard of that. Yeah, different <laughs> Esther anointing. So, um, yeah. again, this goes towards more the charismatic body, which I, you know, I'm not saying anything that I am or am not a member of, because I do believe that anything that goes beyond Scripture, you have to say that, right? Yeah. But there's also something to be said about, and this is where they're, become Bible scholars. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you study the word so yeah. in depth that you're like, hey, I'm connecting these themes. Yeah. Is this, is this not? So anyway, um, there is not a specific verse in the Bible that has those phrases in it. However, mm -hmm. studying the work that God called those women specifically up to do, yes. right? That became, and another word is mantle. Sometimes people use those interchangeably, right? Yeah. But um, it's, it's following what their anointed walk in the Lord, according to his kingdom and purpose, how he used them and how they were obedient to do that, despite the fact that death could be like right on the other side of, yes. of that for their obedience to mm -hmm. him. So, you know, calling that an anointing, I don't think it's necessarily wrong. As long as you understand that the power wasn't Hannah's, the power wasn't Esther's, exactly. the power was God's alone and he used them. And so I do believe that those were very anointed purposes. I yeah. mean, look what they accomplished. I mean, Esther saved all her people, yep. you know, so. And Hannah um, didn't give up. That was the big thing about her. She <laughs> persevered. It's They talk about it being like the, the spirit of endurance and yeah. she just kept praying. She didn't give up no matter what. And so that, you know, just encouraging women, if you're praying for something, you're not seeing it, just keep praying because yeah. <laughs> God is faithful. Yeah. And, and, and you can anoint that if you want to go through the process with oil, there's nothing wrong with that. You can anoint your own self. You don't yes. need someone to do it for That's you. Right. Um, I went through a fast where we were anointing our own eyes and praying for the eyes to see in Revelation, where it says, give us the eyes to see and the ears to hear, um, because that was what we were moving towards at that time as a corporal group, which was, you know, to combat for me, at least false light coming out of the new age, coming out of how am I going to give this message to so many of the younger generations that are dabbling in things like crystals and sage and all that stuff. So for me, that was an anointing I did every, you know, I mean, it wasn't, it sounds ritual, but again, there was no power in that ritual. There right. was no power in that oil, but there was power in my posture of my heart to obedience to God yes. and continuing to ask him in prayer and supplication, you know, because that's how we speak. That's how he yeah. hears us. That's a prayer. That's what he says, right? To do it like that. Yeah. And so many times we like passively we're like well i'll pray when i'm driving i'll pray when i'm you know what i mean and and sometimes it, it that's fine yeah. pray unceasingly that's right right all the time <laughs> but when you go into um i believe anointing it just adds for me another personal layer of like self-reflection mm -hmm. where i'm like wow i'm i'm really pressing in on this and i and i ask holy spirit like can you move with me on that because i cannot do this alone and and there is a scripture that says the anointing breaks the yoke yeah and it's in isaiah and i was trying Somewhere. to find it yes it but, happened but you did a whole word study on yoke and yoga and how the anointing you know you had to get the anointing had to come on you fall on you to open your eyes to open your heart to see 
that what you were doing when you were doing yoga was yeah. you were under a yoke mm -hmm. and you needed the Holy Spirit to reveal that to yeah. you. To reveal it first, then be willing to admit it, then to reject it. It's a yeah. whole process. Yeah. Um, and it came through after my baptism through the sanctification process of the Holy Spirit, like just slowly started revealing idols in my life. And one of them was me yoking yoga means yoke in Sanskrit to uh, this practice, which was full of false gods and demons. So and yeah. sun worship and stuff. Um, but bringing it back to the Bible, uh, there is this beautiful, uh, you were in Luke earlier, mm -hmm. Luke 7, 45 through 46 says, you did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume mm -hmm. on my feet. Now, yes. this was a really unique, and if you know it, this was a sinful woman, mm -hmm. right? She, yeah. But she was unashamed, and perfume back then was like, gold yeah. i mean it was very it, it was expensive. an offering to put it on his feet not even on his head right she yeah. didn't even care that it was going on his feet because yeah. remember they didn't have like nike ears they had sandals and, and it was feet, dirty they were dirty so, yeah um she she was anointing him for being messiah she knew this was an act of repentance for her this was an act of offering for her because that was she didn't have money that was a big offering yeah. for her and a oh, tithe i guess and then also she this was her way of showing that she knew that he could forgive her sins that he himself had the power now remember in this time if you said that it was condemned by death. Like, you know, the Sanhedrin, that's ultimately what happened. Mm -hmm. um, you can't walk around claiming to be God. Only God at that time had the ability to forgive sins, right? right? So when Jesus showed up on the scene, but this woman, that act shows that she knew it, that that was Hamashiach, that was Messiah, you know? Mm -hmm. And so he kind of tells the people that were like, hey, get this like dirty woman off of our Messiah. He was <laughs> like, how dare you? Like, this was an ultimate act of anointing, right? And Again, those are to carry out the works of God, not our own desires. Anointing is not to do our own will. So she wasn't asking for anything but forgiveness and showing humility and showing probably sadness. She was probably yeah. weeping, right? I, I mean, I think could, it talks about tears. I so, could imagine. Yeah. The intent of anointing is to set a person apart or a place apart, right? And for a divine use. So people anoint altars. You can anoint your home, you know, you can anoint really whatever it is that you want, but don't think that it's going to increase that thing in value. Don't go annoy your car. Don't go annoy, you know, because that's like when people abuse the blood of Jesus. You know, like, I plead the blood of Jesus over my Dodger. I'm like, no, you don't. Because first of all, like we talk about this often in yeah. our body, but people yeah. don't understand. Don't that understand. was a one-time thing. The blood of Jesus, you know, it's eternal on the cross, mm -hmm. but it poured out. And so stop pleading the blood. Like it's already done to tell us die. Right. You know, you can pray for God's protection. Yes. You can pray for, you know, but it's different. And, and that's in the Old Testament. They put the blood over the doorpost for protection. Yeah. But you're right. People plead the blood of Jesus like it's going to, you know, I like a, a magic thing. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. OK. <laughs> anyway, that's another thing. Uh, OK. <laughs> well, in Chronicles, because you were talking about, um, something related to the war. And so in First Chronicles 16, 21 through 22, it does say, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their account saying, touch not my anointed ones, do my prophets no harm. Yes. Now, yes. most of the prophets were martyred. So, <laughs> you know, how did that work out? However, it doesn't mean that they weren't anointed. Do you know what I mean? And it doesn't mean that God's not going to carry out his eternal timeline of justice for which we can't understand when prophets who are obviously very good people mm -hmm. are martyred or when children oh, are God. butchered. Oh, it doesn't make sense. And no one on earth can 
can justify that no. behavior, but God is still in control of Amen. it, you know? Yes. And so that's why we need to pray that we are raising up anointed generations, that, yes. that our family chooses to walk in the direction of the anointed mm -hmm. one, which is only Jesus, you know? Yeshua HaMashiach is the anointed one. The rest of us are anointed through him, right? And mm -hmm. we are earthly kings and priests. It says that, Amen. which is interesting because that goes back to that Old Testament connotation of how they used it. But that was a good warning because, you know, I believe that God's word is full of promises, but there, and there's commands and there's also warnings. And that's a warning about people like to touch not my anointed, or there's another one, mm -hmm. you know, about being careful. You know, I pray every day for God to put a guard over my mouth because I don't want to say something that could not only injure, but also there's no fear of the Lord. I mean, people, especially now today, and you're more into social media, I have to turn it off because people want to fight. They want to debate. They want to talk bad about people. And like, I'm sorry, but there's pastors. They're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But you know what? I'm I careful. I would just be very careful. curious to see if any of those people that talk that way walk with the idea that they are an anointed one, because that for me carries a weight, oh right? Like a responsibility. Yes. Like if I want to <laughs> walk around and have, you know, what I believe is an anointing. And also if it, is it transferable? I don't think so, but I do think that you can speak it over somebody like, um, the same way that people speak gifts. Like I speak, you know, discernment over you or when my child's born, you know what I mean? Like I speak the gifts over them because I believe in the power of the tongue, which mm -hmm. is in James. Um, but Again, you don't have that power and authority. God does. So if it's according to his will, yeah. then he's going to do that. If it's according to his will, he's probably going to do it regardless of you speaking it. But it doesn't hurt. Like, I wouldn't mind if you, someone wanted to bless you with an anointing prayer. But there's too much garbage today on, on the yeah. Internet and people wanting to fight and debate. And, and there's, there's a scripture, touch not, you know, the, my anointed or, you know, the, just to be careful. You know, be careful about what you're speaking because people start attacking everybody. And you know what? Nobody's. That's just the goal of the devil. Yeah. Um, that's the goal of the devil. Yeah. So, you know, again, I would always check and be like, hey, is what's my crew look like? Do they also look anointed? Am I surrounding myself? Even if that's an online crew, even if that's a social media, am I surrounding myself with those who are also walking in this direction? Because if not, you're unequally yoked and then you're going to find yourself in turmoil where, yeah, you're having to bite your tongue. So just sometimes we have to remove ourselves and just like the Holy Spirit, if is grieved, will depart. You know, we got to depart and move mm -hmm. towards that which is anointed. And if that means you're walking alone in the word, then you're walking alone in the word. <laughs> you know what I mean? And eventually I believe the Lord is good and he loves us to to have a community. Yes. So that's why church is important and it can happen within the body anyways. And mm -hmm. we've had a previous episode on church hurt. Yeah. Um, but just as far as anointing goes, right? Mm -hmm. um, we've covered out that it's a symbol, right? There's yes. no actual power in the oil. It is a symbol of right. God's protection and blessing. It is used to empower people, right? To do the will of God, not their own desires. Yes. It is used to consecrate something, which means set apart mm -hmm. a person, a place, whatever, a thing that's gonna be used for divine use. Um, and then it's also there to describe Messiah's deliverance because it's literally a act, a outward act of deliverance. I mean, you're, you're showing, I believe Messiah has the power, not the soil, not me, not my will, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's an act of almost obedience and offering in one. So really quick, if you wanted to make your own DIY oil 
for anointing. Um, here's the surprise. It doesn't matter what you put in it. It can literally, <laughs> mine is olive oil from like Meyer, but you know, I tried to buy the fancy one cause it, but the, the, there are some things you should not do. Okay. So you should not use it for any other purpose. So okay. separate it, consecrate it. Yep. That's what that word means. Yep. Don't use it for baking. Don't use it for <laughs> cooking. You know, it is for healing and anointing and, mm-hmm. and the uses we discussed with. So yeah, no cooking. It's consecrated. If you want to put it, you know, in its own little jar, like that's, that's nice. you know, yeah. in glass cause it's just fancy, but no, also, um, it has properties. Certain oils do that will pull like things out. So, so for example, castor oil can't go in plastic. It will pull some of that plastic uh, stuff into the oil. Weird. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but if you want to add some essentials, like we already gave you the actual, uh, one from Exodus was cinnamon, uh, cane, actually fragrant cane, Kasha, and olive oil Mm -hmm. so there you go those are all available for purchase i'm sure somewhere online oh everywhere i mean there's all essential oils and then you and you pray over it and you ask the lord and to to consecrate it yes but you ask holy spirit consecrate it and and jesus help me to use this according to your will for others and for my life yes amen Amen. Very good. Well, I'm excited. Please reach out to us if you do have a topic that you'd like to hear more about or if you've had a a specific experience um, walking in or out of an anointing or or with someone else, we'd love to hear from you on Facebook, Instagram, and newcreationwomen.org.